Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to Echo. I am really excited about our guests today, Pastor Henry Johnson and Michelle Iglesias. I have that right? I'm pretty Correct. sure I have that right. I'm trying to channel my inner Cuban uh, <laughs> to to even get like the little inflection right. So let's go ahead and start off with just an introduction. And Michelle, we'll start with you. Okay. I am the ministerial secretary here at the Carolina Conference. I've worked here for almost 12 years now. Hmm. And Henry? Yes, I'm the new Young Adult and Campus Ministries Director here at the conference, but before that, I've been pastoring almost seven years uh, here at the conference. Awesome. So I am surrounded by people who've been doing this for much longer <laughs> than I have. And uh, Michelle, as as someone who I regularly communicate with, uh, you are the reason that I know anything at all about anything. So oh, well, thank I you. appreciate that. <laughs> so let's jump in to today's question. And it's one that I think has been asked for really decades or I, probably more than decades. But And it's this, why, why is it that Christians seem so hypocritical, right? That's one of the things that – that's one of the most consistent – criticisms I hear of, of Christians is, is we're all so hypocritical and we're never, we never act the way that we say we believe and things like that. So that's what I want to dive into today. I want to answer that question. Is it even true or, you know, is it partially true sometimes or how do we even navigate this? So anyone want to kind of just share your initial perspectives? Uh, well, uh, I think it is true. I think that it's uh, partially true. I think there are Christians that are hypocritical. We see it in our churches. You know, we have um, people that talk about, you know, accepting and, and loving and giving, you know, for everyone. But yet when we have new people come into church and they don't look or dress or act or sound the way that they think that they should, um, as soon as those folks leave, they talk about them or, you know, have something to say, try to think they should change this or change that instead of just accepting. And that's one of the biggest things that I see as hypocritical um, in the churches. Hmm. That's a really good point. I, I've seen that growing up as well. There were times where even I was asked to, to you know, leave and come back and, and change my clothes. And there was, there was actually one time at my home church growing up where I had, I had a sleepover at my friend's house that Friday night and I had forgotten my church clothes. And so I ended up having to go to church the next morning as like a 10 or 11 year old in sneakers, crew, white crew socks, and then bright red gym shorts and a bright red gym t-shirt. And man, did I stick out like a sore thumb. And it was very – I never got asked to, to walk out that morning, but the stares, the looks that I got, it was very uncomfortable. And I think part of it was self-imposed, right? Like I knew that I was out of place. But – and and so I, I've seen it sometimes, and, and I would agree that it, it's partially true. I, it, it, it certainly can be depending on where you are. Henry, what are your thoughts? Uh, I would agree that there is hypocrisy in the church, but I would – argue a nuance that that's because they're humans in the church. Yeah. Uh, hypocrisy is a human condition. 
right? And I just believe that the reason church tends to get most of the attention when it comes to hypocrisy is because uh, religious communities tend to be the most vocal. So there is hypocrisy elsewhere, but church has got two things going against it. One, we're the most vocal about it because you know, you, it gets connected with the message that we're trying to do or the methodologies that we're trying to do. And and by default, Christians are those that say that evangelism should be important, sharing the faith should be important. So our hypocrisy gets kind of projected into a, the public in a very frontal way that maybe a lot of other communities don't. Uh, so I think that's the first thing. The second thing is our hypocrisy rubs up against the fact that the message that we carry is one that specifically speaks against it. And so that's fair, yeah, right. So, so that's a dichotomy there that I think rubs people wrong. So, you know, I'm kind of trying to play both sides here. I guess you would say, but hypocrisy is definitely true. And uh, you know, I would go one step further in saying that hypocrisy. You're going to have to get into terms because people mean different things by that. I meet a lot of people that will point to the hypocrisy of the church, but they're doing that as a blanket. I don't want to have to deal with church. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's my defense term. Then there's other people that say there's hypocrisy in the church because they want to actually address what's going on in the church. And then, of course, there's Scripture that adds that whole deeper layer of of problem where it says that hypocrisy isn't just, um, you know, saying the right thing and then doing something else. Uh, Jesus, Matthew 23, would even dig deeper and say that hypocrisy is doing the right thing for the wrong reason. Mm. So it's not uh, just actions that betray, uh, actions that that betray your motives or, or what your or your message is, but the reason why you're doing the actions could be right. Yeah, we, that's fair. we could be viewed as a very loving community and still be hypocrites, as far as the Bible is concerned. Well, I wonder too. Christianity is something that you know, as you meet Jesus, as you keep your eyes on Him, right? You begin to become more aware of your own sinfulness, and. For me, that's made me recognize my own hypocrisy. So part of it is like, yes, Christians are hypocrites because we're called to actually acknowledge that we are. Yeah. <laughs> part of that is is we don't – the entire point of it is that we live authentically or transparently. And so, yes, we actually are hypocrites. And the problem that I run into is not enough Christians will will just admit it. Yeah. Not enough – everyone likes to pretend like they're not one, and then we all end up – being one as a result, like just just de facto pretending to be something you're not, is yeah. hypocritical, and and so it's it's this this struggle because obviously the goal I think is to not be hypocritical, and so the, the kind of the place I want to go next then is what do we do about it, right? If 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 hypocrisy is something that's so prevalent, then and and we're willing to just address that as people who work in ministry, then you know what do we do about it? I think we. Personally, I think uh, we need not to be so judgmental. I think that being judgmental, uh, we all do it. You know, we all look at at each other and say, oh, you know, to ourselves, you know, oh, gee, you know, if only they, you know, they wouldn't do that and they could be more like this and like this. But the truth of the matter is, is that by us being judgmental, you know, we are actually, you know, creating the situation. I mean... I don't know what we can do to change that. I, again, I think it goes to what Henry was saying. You know, it seems to be our human nature to be judgmental, and I don't know how we stop that. You know, we try to focus on Jesus, and we do it. But, boy, every now and then you just get that little nudge, you know, and you can't help it. And hmm. how do you stay focused 
you know, to to honestly be a person that someone can look up to, that you that you can, you know, lead by example, that you know, you've got to be it's it's all in here. If you're not doing it for the right reason, it definitely comes across as phony. Yeah, absolutely. I think and I think that's a great question is 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 if that's the goal then then how do how, we? How, how how do we and and to me I think there's this level of accountability that should be present right I in and Henry I've actually talked to you about this just in general before but you know in every single organization that you any single community or club that you join they make expectations known to you right yeah. if you join a country club there are rules if you join a workplace you know exactly what your expectations are but in the church we let you know what our beliefs are, but we don't let you know what the expectations are of being a part of an actual community, right? Yeah. Of, of being a part of that. And, and one, of the, one of the expectations in being a part of a community that's faith-based is accountability, is the fact that you now become accountable to the people around you, which means that you should probably build a relationship with those people so you know exactly who you can trust to hold yourself accountable to. But I think when it comes to hypocrisy, one of the greatest things you can do is have people in your life that will call you on it. And they'll call you on it not in a way of of trying to accuse you or trying to uh, tear you down, but of people who will call you to accountability to <clears throat> to warn you, just to warn you about it and say, hey, I think you're, you're messing up. I think there's something wrong here, and I want to see you do better. I had a friend, it's funny you said that, but I had a friend that when I first came into the church, there were some things that I have to be honest, I thought we're silly, you know, like uh, jewelry. You know, I really did. And not that I was a big jewelry wearer, but I thought it was kind of silly that you couldn't even wear a wedding ring. And um, actually, she was a friend of mine. I met her here. And I've never met someone who was so true to what she really believed that she didn't mind just telling you. You know, and I hmm. so appreciated that. At first, I thought, you know, how dare she tell me, hmm. you know, that, you know, what I'm thinking is, you know, not right and I shouldn't be doing that. But what I saw in her was genuine. I saw that she truly believed that her talking to me about, you know, um, doctrines that I maybe wasn't clear on at the time when I first joined the church. And she helped me to see just. I think what I'm trying to say is it was just her faith and her belief in what she believed in was so strong that it just rubbed off on me. Mm -hmm. You know, I still quite didn't agree with her, but I so admired her faith. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I think that's what sometimes is missing. A lot of us don't display that sincerity that I saw in this person. Hmm. That's that's a really good point. I mean, even the, even us trying to be consistent is really important. If we, this is this is what gets me. If we expect other people to be consistent, then then we need to be consistent. And what I found actually is that any every single person that's ever called Christians a hypocrite that I've talked to personally, that I've personally talked to, right? So I'm not saying this of every person on Twitter or social media in general or in articles, but every single person that I've ever talked to that's called Christians a hypocrite, has also been one. <laughs> yeah. so, this is not a new thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the human condition. That's what yeah. we're talking about. And and kind of trying to pull it back down to the initial question of, well, what do you do with this? I think, I think there's an opportunity here. 
Every problem is either an opportunity or a death nail. It depends on how you want to use it. Hypocrisy is the human condition. You mentioned social media, and I find it interesting that our society loves platforms that elevate hypocrisy. I mean, the very nature of social media, I mean, Instagram is a platform I like. It's kind of easier for me to manage than Facebook and other things. I'm like, oh, you post a picture and then a quick little bit of dialogue, although I tend to try and make them paragraphs underneath anyway. But the idea is that we judge people's social media, which is really only a highlight reel of their life. Yeah. So it's very easy, I found on those platforms, to be a hypocrite because you can make it out to my life is always this or that or interesting or put together or whatnot. And then in reality, it's anything but, right? You're just you're just seeing the one event in seven days of a week that I decided to put up there and I can create a narrative. So hypocrisy is something that society not only does as humans, but we've embraced it and we're learning to get really good at it. Right, So I think this is an opportunity for the church to stand up, and step one is admit that we're hypocrites. But second of all, go, all right, since hypocrisy is what humans deal with, how can we as a community offer something, bring something to the table to actually address it in healthy ways? Because I don't, I don't want us to approach the topic of hypocrisy in the church and then put a social media spin to it. Well, the way we're going to solve it is just minimize its damage to people or minimize the times that it leaks out and people have to address it. We're, we're going to do quality control and soon church is going to be the least hypocritical place possible. And, and the problem with that is our tendency will be if, if our motive is we're going to purge hypocrisy, we'll probably whitewash it or we'll force people to not be genuine. And then that's going to be counterintuitive and ruin the whole thing you're after anyway. Mm. So I, I think the first step is owning it. The second step is going to be, like you said, set expectations. What do, what can hypocrisy accomplish or what can it not? Or what do we have a problem with hypocrisy? Like what is the specific issue we have with it? And then is there a biblical answer to solving it, hmm. right? I think our focus is in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. I think our focus is on each other and not on Jesus. Uh, that's a that's a very fair point. Basically, to me, that's what it boils down to. Our focus is not where it should be. We are so you know worried about what everybody else is doing, and I know social media, especially for our, you young people, really plays a huge role in that. You know, sometimes um, I'll post something on Instagram, and I hate to do it because I feel like oh, I don't want people to think that I'm doing it to brag or to look mm. like, oh, look at me. I do it because I'm maybe proud of, of what I've done or accomplished, you know, and I, I want to share it. But what's happened is is it's looked at that way. And, and you know, people's focus because of today is on each other. What are they doing? What are you doing? What did you do that I couldn't do? Mm-hmm. Our focus has got to change. Well, I, I find it really interesting that uh, we tell believers, right? We tell Christians and, and, and Adventists, you need to be Jesus to other people, right? That 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 someone's picture of Jesus is is um, by the way you treat them, mm-hmm. and and even Jesus to some extent, you know, they'll know you're my disciples by the way you love one another. But then the second someone joins the church, we start telling them, okay, now stop looking at people <laughs> because they'll mess up and look at Jesus, and 
what I <clears throat> excuse me, what I wish we would do is just tell people to look at Jesus the entire time, <laughs> from from point A to all the way to point Z, uh, to tell people Jesus should be our focus. Because if someone is having an active relationship with Jesus Christ, and if someone is if someone is trying to become like Jesus. And that's their focus, not just trying to rid themselves of sin, but trying to actively become like Jesus. I think here's what happens with hypocrisy. I see hypocrisy as doing something, messing up, and then not actually admitting it or owning up to it and pretending like it was the right thing all along. But what 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 following Jesus calls us to is acknowledge when we have messed up and to say, I'm sorry, and to admit it and, and to own it and then say, OK, now I'm not going to be like that anymore. And I think looking at Jesus is what calls us or is what causes us to do that. Yeah, I mean it's it's getting back to the root. It, it, it's kind of funny a lot of questions that come up in church start people get angry at me because I sound like a broken record. I go these are symptoms not the disease. Hypocrisy is a symptom of a deeper issue. Our our perceptions about performance <clears throat> Our perceptions about how God or other people perceive us, our perceptions of what causes me to have value or what is acceptable or what helps me find joy and peace and happiness in life. And so you re- you really have to dig beyond that. And I think one reason that church, at least in the last several decades, I mean, you could probably push it even longer than that, but I'll just speak to when I've been alive— one reason it's so big is I think it, it stems from a misunderstanding of the gospel and what God's called us to. There, there's a little bit of, I mean, this could get into a whole different set of topics. There's, there's a bit of evolutionary theory even at work in the church. And the idea that one reason I have to be a hypocrite is people believe that they're standing with God or their success at salvation or their success at the, the Christian enterprise, if you will, is dependent on being more evolved or better at X, Y, Z, or at least better than you. Mm. And if that becomes the metric, then my obsession is at understanding where you are and you are mm-hmm. or you are not, because the only way I'm going to find success or the only way I'm going to find perceived hope that I'm finding success is if I the metric is I'm judging myself by you. I'm I'm a bit ahead of you, or you're a little below me, right? Or this Paul says it's judging ourselves by ourselves, and in the end we're fools, <laughs> right? Because we're we're all in the same boat and we're all messed up. But I'm like I'm a little less messed up than <laughs> you, right? It, it, the story that reminds me of you know because hypocrisy is nothing new. Uh, the, the church today is not somehow more endowed with hypocrisy than the church of Jesus' day or yeah. or at the beginning. I mean, I'm, I remember John 5, one of my favorite stories is Jesus meets this guy at the pool of Bethesda, and he meets him at a place that's dedicated to the goddess of fortune right outside the walls of Jerusalem, and it's inhabited by Jews, Right, the people that should be trying to go to the temple or you know God's place there, but they're here at Fortune. And the funny thing about that story is what it says about the church's view of itself, because there's that story where John says when the water stirred, everyone thought the first person to get in would be the one that would be healed of God. And what's interesting to me is that means they had a religion based on the idea that God would help the healthiest sick person. <laughs> Right, because they're all lame and paralytics, or something's wrong with you, or else you wouldn't be there to start with. And you just get this stupid idea that when the water bubbled or whatever it did, 
people with crutches and wheelchairs and what they're clamoring over each other trying to push each other out of the way who can be the first person that can't swim to fall into this water right and and be healed and you hear that and it sounds stupid but that's as dumb as hypocrisy looks in the church because i think a lot of times are not understanding what's going on we're trying to be the healthiest sick person hmm. that's really that i think this has all been a really good discussion on on what hypocrisy is and, and, and what it has done to our message, to our witness, and and also some ways that we can actually counteract it in our own lives. But now I want to, as we wind down and, and talk about final thoughts here, I'd love to hear maybe your thoughts, words of encouragement to someone who might be bitter with the church right now or angry with the church right now because of hypocrisy. What words of encouragement would you have for them or, or what what if you had one if you had one moment to say something to them about this, what what would it be? I would just have to say, you know, just be yourself, focus on Jesus, don't worry about people around you, read your Bible, get inspiration from that, and just find some peace. Hmm. Uh, First thing I would say is that Jesus was upset with hypocrisy as well, so know that he understands your concerns with it. Uh, A little bit of pastoral counsel I would give is to remember that at the foot of the cross, all humans are equal. And if you are concerned with the hypocrisy that you see, know that there's probably people concerned in, with hypocrisy they see in you. And if you don't want people to give up on you, then you can't turn around and give up on others. We're in this boat together, and it's going to take time. And that's not a popular thing to say. Uh, you know, we shouldn't just stick our head in the ground about these issues. Be honest about the issues, but recognize that change, true change, heart change takes time. And so I would say, hold on to Jesus Give it to him every day and ask him to change the hypocrisy in your life first because you're the only one that has control, you know, control of whether God can work with you. And once God starts messing with and purifying and transforming the hypocrisy in your own life, know that it only takes a spark, as they say in Pathfinders, to get a fire going, hmm. right? And if the fire gets in you, if hypocrisy starts leaving you, that's going to be contagious. That's going to be able to hopefully impact another life and another life and another life, and then it will snowball and will finally get done. So instead of just screaming at the problem, be part of the solution. Hmm, that's huge. So thank you guys so much for coming on. And to our listeners, the the one thing I would say to someone right now is we're sorry. For anyone who's hurt you, for anyone who has who has caused you pain and heartache and and bitterness and frustration, uh, let me be the first to say, as a pastor, that that I am sorry for the way that's happened, and I would just echo, haha, uh-huh. uh, the name uh-huh. of the show. I would echo <laughs> both of your thoughts here to focus on Jesus and to um, work on becoming a part of that solution instead of just just shouting into the void about the problem. So thank you guys so much for coming on. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening and being on this journey with us, and we'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment.